Good morning, everyone. So I have the joy and privilege of kicking off our summer series, which is going to be focused in on prayer. And I think that this could potentially be one of the most important series that we do as a church family. And I promise I'm not saying that just because I work with 24-7 prayer and it happens to be my job to inspire people to pray. Um, I really believe this because our relationship with God, our intimate knowledge of who he is, is formed and cultivated primarily in the place of prayer. Um, and that's what being a follower of Jesus is all about. Uh, it's first and foremost about relationship with him and everything else just flows out of that and to be a follower of Jesus is, means to be a disciple, which means that we are all lifelong learners. So it doesn't matter how you are approaching this series, whether you are completely new to faith and this journey with Jesus, or whether you've been walking with God for 30 years, we all have something new to learn. And I think that's what I love. One of the one of many things that I love about prayer is that it's us as children coming to our Father, us as disciples coming to our teacher. And so it puts us all at the same level, at the, at the same, we're all on common ground together. And, um, you know, what we know today is the Lord's Prayer. It was Jesus's response to the disciples saying, Lord, teach us how to pray. And what I find about in interesting about this is that um, the disciples were good little Jewish boys. So they had been learning to pray since before probably they could even walk. And yet they saw something in the way that Jesus prayed, in the way that he communicated and related to his father that made them hungry to learn more about prayer. And so we want to be like the disciples. We want to come before God and say, Jesus, we want to look more like you. We want to relate to the Father in the way that you do. We want that kind of relationship. So teach us to pray. And so we're excited this summer for this series um, because our, our hope and prayer is that by the end of the summer, that we are all going to feel much more equipped in our prayer lives, that we are going to be more in love with Jesus than we have been in maybe ever, uh, that we are going to be more confident in our prayers, bolder in our prayers, and more on fire uh, to see God's kingdom come in our city of Edinburgh and in our nation of Scotland um, through our prayers. So, this morning, uh, we are looking at slowing and stilling in the place of prayer. And I want to start with a verse that we have become very familiar with over the recent months. Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. This verse, this statement of be still, it comes 
in the midst of a description of chaos in the earth. Psalm 46 describes disruption, confusion, disaster, division. And every couple of verses, it says, Selah, which a few series ago we learned means to pause. And then all of this is followed by God saying, Be still and know that I am God. Those two little words, be still, here in the Latin, is the word vacate. It's the same word that we would use to talk about vacating a place or to go on vacation. It's almost as if God might be suggesting to us here to take a vacation from attempting to be God and just simply come to him and quiet and remember who he is. I love the message translation of this verse. It says, step out of the traffic, take a long loving look at me, your high God above politics, above everything. Take a long loving look at me. Before you rush in with all your concerns, your agendas, your list, pause, draw breath, slow down, and just look at me. There's this beautiful story that I love told by this old French priest named Saint John Vianney. And he talks about how he would walk past this old farmer who would sit at the church and he would just gaze up at this painting of Christ. And Father Vianney noticed that he would sit there often, sometimes for two hours or more, just gazing up at this painting of Christ. And one day Father Vianney stopped and asked him what he was doing. And the old farmer simply responded with, I look at him he looks at me, and it is enough. It's beautiful. This is the foundation and starting place of prayer. It's relationship, companionship, friendship, communion with God that goes deeper than words, with a God who is not distant or far away, but is closer than our very breath. And we do this with so many things in life, and we do it with prayer as well. We, we make it transactional. We get distracted by and focused on the asking, the answering, sometimes even on the words themselves. And we often leave feeling dissatisfied or, or like the time of prayer was a waste because God didn't speak or we didn't feel like he spoke anything specific to us. But the most precious and beautiful part of prayer is simply the relationship with God in and of itself. The incredible gift of his presence and that we get the privilege of just coming into his presence. But to recognize that gift of his presence, we need to become more fully present ourselves. And this requires a stilling of ourselves, a recentering of our scattered senses. 
I want you to imagine with me for a moment, you've arranged to meet someone that you're close to for dinner. Maybe it's a partner, a, a girlfriend or boyfriend or a best friend. You're sitting there waiting and then they rush in, don't really ask you how you are. They just launch into how rubbish their day has been. Um, could you do them a favor? And then they rush back out or maybe they stay but they're so distracted by what's going on. They don't really listen to you. They're, they don't look you in the eye. Um, they just keep interrupting you about things that they would like you to do for them. And maybe you spend two hours with them over dinner, but you walk away and how do you feel? Do you feel seen, heard, valued? And do you really think that they walk away from that satisfied? Because Actually, we know that in our human relationships, what brings us joy and fulfillment is that sense of being seen, heard, valued. And yet, how often do we do that in our relationship with God in our prayer times? We just rush in and pour out all our concerns and rush back out. And then we wonder why there's no joy in our prayer life anymore. You see, as human beings, we have these bodies, these physical shells that we dwell in. But we are a soul and spirit, and the three are all connected, yet we tend to give far more time and attention to our physical bodies than we do our souls. In fact, I would say we, we don't even often talk about our souls very much, but we should. Because our soul is who we really are. It's the essence of who we are. To quote Ruth Haley Barton, the soul is the part of you that is most real. The very essence of you that God knew before he brought you forth in physical form. The part that will exist after your body goes into the ground. It is the you that exists beyond any role you play, any job you perform, any relationship, any success you may have achieved. It's the part of you that longs for more of God than you have right now. And for our souls to thrive, to know fullness of life, we need time spent in the presence of God. But the human soul is shy, kind of like a wild animal. The psalmist actually refers to the soul as a deer that pants for streams of water. The Celts compared the soul to a stag, wild, noble, coy. It hides away from the noise and chaos of life, and it refuses to be tamed or forced out into the open until it's ready. It waits until all is still and quiet, and then it emerges. For our soul to come out of its hiding place and drink from its source of life, which is the presence of God, if we are to speak and commune with the one who speaks in a quiet, gentle whisper, then we have to create an internal environment of quiet and stillness. This slowing, this quiet and stillness, this recentering of our scattered senses in the place of prayer, 
It's often referred to as centering prayer. And because centering and slowing uh, involve silence, even a lack of words, it can feel a bit strange to think of it as prayer, because we tend to think of words when we think of prayer. But it is prayer. It's a method of prayer that prepares us to receive the gift of God's presence within us, that presence that is closer than our own breath. It is both relationship with God and a discipline to cultivate that relationship. It doesn't replace other methods and ways of praying, but rather it adds depth of meaning to all prayer and it facilitates movement from those ways of praying that are more active, more verbal, um, into a prayer that is more receptive and is resting at rest in God. Centering prayer moves us from a place of prayer that is beyond conversation with God to communion with him. Now, stillness in prayer doesn't necessarily need to mean that you are physically still. Um, in fact, I, I would say that stillness and recentering of our scattered senses often uh, is best accomplished in some sort of movement of physical exertion. Um, maybe it's going for a walk out in nature, uh, a cycle, um, maybe even a swim. If you're Kenny Roy, then it's going up a, a Monroe. And Jesus himself modeled this. How often did he slip away to be alone with the Father? We read about it in the Gospels all the time. But we don't read about him going into a room or, you know, a synagogue to be alone with the Father. Instead, we read about him going up a hill, up a mountain, to be with the Father. But how can we step into this? Um, you know... I think for many of us, this kind of prayer can sound a bit unachievable, even though we long for it. And maybe we long for all the internal chaos to come to that place of quiet and stillness where we can just rest in the presence of God. But it might seem a little bit out of our reach, but it's not. And I just want to give you some really practical tips um, for how we can begin to experience and practice this kind of stilling and slowing in prayer. And I want to encourage you uh, to have intentional set times um, in the day where you spend with God. Um, and they may not be able to be very long, and that's okay, but I want to encourage you in those set times alone with God, begin with this method because it will enrich the rest of your prayer time. So first of all, relax. Um, even if you're cycling or swimming, just begin to internally focus on who God is, on who you know him to be. And come as you are, with all that you are. You, you don't need to try and lay aside all these distractions and and voices and demands and stresses and worries and maybe feelings of guilt and shame, all of that. You don't need to try and like 
push that away and shut some door and then come into God's presence. Just bring it with you because he is big enough. His presence is big enough to hold not just you, but everything and everyone you bring with you. And then do something I like to call just palms down, palms up. And it's helpful sometimes to do something physical um, that represents what we are praying. And, and I just like to turn my palms down and kind of visualize dropping all the stuff that I've brought in with me, just dropping that into his hands. And then I turn my palms up as a way of symbolizing my inner heart's posture to receive his presence, to ask for the Holy Spirit's help to hear him, to connect with him, to become quiet and rest in him. And then second of all, breath. Begin to focus on your breathing. Let your breathing become slow and deep and rhythmical. And this takes us into the next step of turning that breathing into what we call a breath prayer, which May is gonna talk to us about and lead us in that practice here in a minute. And then just simply repeat because distractions will come. It's inevitable. We're human. Um, and especially at the start when you begin doing this and you're new to it, it might even be frustrating at times. And it is a bit of a discipline. But as you begin to practice it and you keep at it, it will slowly begin to be something that is not so much intentional as something that just becomes natural to you, as natural as breathing. It just begins to become part of the way you pray, the way you approach God, the way you come into his presence. And so I'm just going to pray right now, just to end this time. And I'm going to pray from uh, Psalm 131 in the Passion Translation. And so I just encourage you right now, um, if you're able, uh, you might have a lot going on around you right now, and that's okay. But if you're able, maybe just close your eyes, um, hold your hands in a receptive position, and just receive God's peace and quiet right now as I pray this prayer with us. Lord, my heart is meek before you. I don't consider myself better than others. I'm content to not pursue matters that are over my head, such as your complex mysteries and wonders that I'm not yet ready to understand. I am humbled and quieted in your presence, like a contented child who rests on its mother's lap. I'm your resting child, and my soul is content in you. O oh, people of God, your time has come to quietly trust, waiting upon the Lord now and forever. Amen.